0: Hello everybody, I'm Claire Van Lanningham and this is my contribution to the Digital Conference from Dracula to Twilight, an analysis of the vampire phenomenon in popular culture for English 189H, Sins of the Past, Race and Violence in Gothic Fiction. Vampires are one of the most quintessential Gothic elements and are something that people commonly identify the Gothic genre with. Today. Vampires are also an essential component of popular culture around the globe. The once repulsive and much-feared monster, as depicted in Bram Stoker's Dracula, has turned into a charming and swoon-worthy love interest. This transition, made largely in part because of film adaptations, has had a significant effect on the way vampires are perceived in society, specifically in regard to xenophobia, racism, and sexism. Vampires have origins in Slavic and Germanic cultures, where the bodies of people, considered revenants, were tested and found to have irregularities. Death and disease were unexplainable to our ancestors, so they blamed death on the dead, or in this case, vampires who had come back from the dead to wreak havoc upon the living. These folkloric vampires were viewed and described as evil and repulsive creatures and were often the cause of much fear and terror. The idea of the vampire continued to spread, making its debut into the literary realm with John Polidori's The Vampire in 1819. However, it was Bram Stoker's Dracula, featured here in 1897, that truly defined the 19th century Gothic subgenre of vampire fiction, and consequently, The way vampires were perceived and depicted up until the late 20th century. After Dracula, the Gothic, and vampires in particular, could hardly be de-Draculized. Stoker's work had such a profound influence upon contemporary literature, popular culture, and the arts that even a hundred years after his death, his work is still inspiring a constant flow of rewritten or transformed versions. While Bram Stoker's Dracula is an incredibly important work of literature that's influence can still be seen today, its influence wasn't always a positive one. Count Dracula represents the reverse colonization trope. When Stoker wrote the novel, Britain was under constant fear that their position as the center of power within Europe would be overthrown by Russia. Because of this fear, the character of Dracula embodies the non-British source, or outsider, who threatens to corrode and destroy the British way of life. Dracula, depicted as being from Russian and Slavic origins, was written as a direct response to these fears. Stoker based the villain of his novel off of the folklore surrounding a very real person, pictured here, Vlad Dracula, who was often referred to as Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Dracula was known for his immense brutality, a brutality that continued to be attributed attributed to Russians and Bulgarians, particularly when it came to targeting females. Count Dracula was written to reflect this stereotype and to serve as a warning against what would happen if Russians or Eastern Europeans came to Britain. Dracula was also written in response to the British fear of Jewish influence. During the time Dracula was written, there was an influx of Eastern European and Russian Jews immigrating to Britain. The British believed the Jews would spread disease and contamination, specifically smallpox, scarlet fever, and measles, for which they had no way to defend themselves, and which they thought would wipe out their existing population. Jews, therefore, became synonymous with poor hygiene and repulsive appearances. Count Dracula, too, was repulsive and diseased with vampirism. By portraying the character of Dracula as he did, Bram Stoker was contributing to xenophobia, or the dislike of or prejudice against people from other countries. While the fear of evasion or reverse colonization was a very real fear for British citizens, it was all based on racist or xenophobic beliefs. Britain had only obtained its power by suppressing peoples and nations who they viewed as inferior to or less than themselves. Count Dracula symbolizes the terror and anxiety felt by the British about what they had been doing to others coming back to bite them, literally. From a racist standpoint, a foreigner, whether he is a vampire or not, traveling into London from the east, can only be intent on weakening or contaminating it. Dracula also makes use of the Gothic other to portray this point. In the novel, Count Dracula is the unheimlich aspect coming into the home, or in this case country, and causing unsettling and fearful feelings. Comparing immigrants, Jewish people, or diverse people groups as others further displays the the xenophobic, racist, and anti-Semitic views present in Bram Stoker's Dracula, as well as in the portrayal of vampires in general as it continued its evolution into film. The vampire genre first made its debut into mainstream culture through the stage, but its greatest influence was felt through film. Cinematic adaptations evolved the vampire from a repulsive, ghoulish beast into the charming aristocratic gentleman vampire of today. The very first motion pictures were often adaptations of classic Gothic literary works, such as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Robert Louis Stevenson's The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and of course, Bram Stoker's Dracula. One of the first vampire films considered by many, including Stoker's wife, to be an illegitimate child of Stoker's work due to its similar characters and plot, but lack of authorization, was F. W. Murnu's Nosferatu in 1922. Nosferatu was a silent German film that featured a repulsive, rat-like vampire, as you can see in the top right corner. The first authorized film adaptation of Stoker's novel was released in 1931 and was directed by Todd Browning. Browning's adaptation replaced the classic Victorian setting found in Stoker's novel with an updated 1920s version. While still depicting the vampire as a fairly scary, hideous figure, the film gives Count Dracula social skills and an ability to blend into society, which makes him even scarier. As you can see in the bottom picture, he's not nearly as repulsive as the other vampires. Dracula also keeps with the tradition of his predecessors in using the figure of the vampire to promote racist and sexist Victorian ideals. Once again, Dracula is exoticized in order to reflect fear of invasion by foreigners. The film also features a strong theme of patriarchal society. where the the vampire preys on helpless women. For women during this era, the figure of a vampire represented a very real fear. Men using their privilege and power to take advantage of or oppress them. Most vampire film adaptations continued to follow the pattern of Browning's 1931 film, containing similar characters, storylines, and historical and geographical settings. It wasn't until Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in 1992 that the vampire as a character really began to change. Francis Ford Coppola's cinematic adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula finally gives the character of Dracula, pictured in the top left, a motive for his actions, love. While he still appears repulsive, making Rack. Making Dracula a lover changed the vampire from a creature of horror to a romantic hero that audiences could and did root for. Not only did it redeem an unredeemable monster, but Coppola's version also changed the audience from adult viewers to teenagers and paved the way for countless countless films and television series that followed. These movies and shows all featured a vampire that was no longer meant to scare, but instead existed as a supernatural being in a normalized setting. The vampires attended school and experienced all the usual teenage struggles and insecurities. It's this superficial, lighter version of the vampire that remains a staple within popular culture today. Perhaps the greatest example of this current version of the vampire is found in the blockbuster hit, Twilight. Twilight largely features teenage vampires that, for the first time, do not resemble immigrants, but instead are wealthy and nice-looking. This portrayal of vampires as an attractive bad boy or rebel type who defies authority but would do anything for love results in a switch from feeling the threat of the other to feeling the allure that the other possesses. In Twilight, this is easy to see as Bella Swan, a human, falls in love with Edward Cohen, a Vampire, and hundreds of thousands of teenage girls fall in love with him too. While Twilight does feature the same xenophobic while well, Twilight doesn't feature, excuse me, the same xenophobic tropes featured in the works of Vampire fiction that precede it, there are some prominent aspects of racism, particularly pertaining to Native Americans. In both the books and the movies, the character of Jacob Black, who is a werewolf is depicted using an array of tired stereotypes. These stereotypes damage the work Native people have been doing for centuries to overturn heartful, harmful and hurtful images and instead have made them more popular than ever. Stephanie Meyer's novels as well as their film adaptations rely heavily upon the idea of Indianness or the lumping of all indigenous peoples into one category and effectively erasing all cultural differences between them. While Twilight does say that these Native Americans are part of a tribe and a real tribe at that, they give them none of the cultural aspects to reflect that. The character of Jacob Black, pictured here in the front, reinforces the stereotype known as the romantic savage. A romantic savage is always attractive, passionate, at one with nature and exotic, but, if threatened, is still capable of savage violence. Just as the initial version of the vampire served as a reflection of people's fears regarding immigrants and reverse colonization, the romantic savage trope, reinforced by Jacob Black and the other Native American characters in Twilight, reflects the desires and anxieties of society today. Some of the most prominent stereotypes found within Twilight are an unnatural ability to connect with nature and an inability to be fully clothed. Jacob has the ability to turn into a wolf, reinforcing the idea that Native Americans live in harmony with nature and live a natural life. Jacob and his pack mates exist as werewolves for a large portion of the series, conforming to the way of the wolf and adapting a pack mentality. Jacob is described as being the most in touch with nature, living in his wolf form for a time before becoming the alpha of his pack. In certain scenes, he appears as a fully feral animal, contributing to the harmful stereotype that parallels Native American people as savages and animals. The constant transition into wolf form also leaves Jacob and his pack mates without shirts for a large portion of the series. Having the Native American characters, who appear to be extraordinarily fit, in a constant state of nudity, only furthers their fetishization. Their bodies are also constantly commented on by Bella and the other female characters with specific concentration on the attributes that stem from their heritage, which is extremely racist. An example of this can be found in this scene. i ready for bleeding. I guess I am. It's just blood, Bella. No big deal. What are you staring at? You're sort of beautiful. As you can see, the movie finds every excuse to get Jacob without his shirt on. It's also important to note how Bella calls him beautiful rather than handsome or attractive, which is most likely due to his long hair and skin tone. Although reinforcing racist and stereotypical beliefs about Native American culture, Twilight does work to counteract some of the harmful sexism that exists with the earlier versions of the vampire. Prior to Twilight, the vampire had largely been depicted as a male who treated women as goods that had to be protected from rivals and existed strictly to feed the male desire for sex, comfort, children, and blood. While Twilight primarily revolves around a male vampire's relationship with a female human, like the vampire fiction that precedes it, the series also features some female vampires who are often more powerful than their male counterparts. Vampirism for the females in Twilight is seen as a way to protect or avenge oneself from male violence and control, a threat that all women face. This shift of power inverts the Victorian ideal of sexism that the original vampire, Dracula, was based upon. Vampire fiction has evolved immensely since the original Dracula was published in 1897. While still maintaining its relevance and popularity within culture, it's been able to maintain It's been able to maintain this popularity due to the vast adaptability that vampires possess. From horror to comedy to romance, the figure of a vampire can fit in fluidly with any genre. Its popularity also comes from the ideas that a vampire represents. To us, vampires are a symbol of eternal youth, endless beauty, and limitless strength, things we wish we possessed. Vampires also represent our greatest fears: death, murder, and the undead. In this way, we are attracted to vampires and vampire media the same way we are attracted to shows and movies that feature serial killers. We want the thrill of interacting with danger while knowing we are safe from at any actual harm. The sublime nature of the vampire to be both terrifying and awe-inspiring is what continuously draws audiences to it. While historically filled with countless racist, sexist, and xenophobic ideas and tropes, vampires have remained a staple within the gothic and within popular culture. Developing from an ugly, terrifying monster to a romantic gentleman, the vampire figure has undergone massive evolution since its debut in Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1897. And yet, the vampire continues to be an important component of literature, film, television, and culture today. Thank you.